Well, hi, everyone. <laughs> Look at who we have here today. It's kind of a different, different format, different mix. But we have, we still have Kim. We still have Louise. And we're and joined by we have Kylie. And we have hi. Kylie. Kylie, where are you at in the world? Uh, I'm just south of Sydney in Australia. Love that. So yeah. we are actually pre-recording this because trying to figure out time zone math between North America and Australia is fun. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> so I'd love to start this week like we start every week. What are we celebrating today? Well, this might sound silly, but I've my third child, I've got four, um, has finally started toilet training and I wanted that done before we go to Vanuatu in a couple of weeks. So he's like all on it and I'm like, oh, yes, the timing. <laughs> so I'm really excited about that, but it feels really minimal considering, you know, everything else we do. <laughs> so, but I want to say that here's the thing, like we do, we minimize that, right? It's like toilet training and I'm excited and I'm celebrating that. That's actually a huge milestone. Like, it is. It, it really is a huge milestone. <laughs> when pe when I was pregnant and people would be like, you know, well, what did you do today? I'm like, I built a neural net. <laughs> yep. <laughs> did something important. That's it. True. <laughs> well, and, and, well, and that's why we talk about celebrations because we kind of do bump over these things so easily um, because we think they have to be like big fireworks and big, huge things um, that it's changing the course of the history as we know it. And that's just not true, right? We do get to celebrate those things that mean a lot to us. Um, yeah. And so I love that you've shared that. Um, today, today specifically, I am celebrating my voice. Um, I feel like I leaned into some crunchy, hard conversations today. Um, and I like, I held my own. Um, and that's something new for me uh, in some places and some circumstances. I, I am a harmonizer. My Clifton strength, my harmonizer just kind of like kicks in and wants everything to go smooth. And so I sometimes bend over backwards and today I did not. Um, so that's what I'm celebrating is leaning in and using my voice. That's awesome. That is awesome. And I love that you're using your voice in so many different ways. Like I'm privy to how you're using your voice. And I, I love how you're using it in so many different ways, because that it's, it's one thing to speak up in a certain area in your life. It's another, what it's another piece. And you talked about one way that you're using your voice is, is through your improv classes that you're doing. And so leaning into that and, and learning new ways to use your voice. So I am celebrating you for that. Thanks. Nice. <laughs> um, my own celebration is that um, I am, when this airs, I will be on my way to my second trip in New York City in two weeks. And I'm very excited because this weekend we're actually going to be there for um, the Pride March. And I have not been in New York for the Pride March ever. And I'm super excited and celebrating that I will be doing that this weekend. So that's exciting. It is that's exciting. cool. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I think we should tell everybody, Kylie, a little bit more about you because you have a fascinating history and we're going to uncover that in today's conversation. Yes. 
So Kylie has overcome extreme obstacles to create an abundant life and is passionate about empowering others to do the same. She went from homeless single mother because of domestic violence to multiple international award-winning CEO, author, speaker, and charity advocate raising over, catch this, $30 million in a few years for her chosen charities. From somebody who came from the nonprofit sector, thank you. During that time, she also faced numerous health issues, um, including paralysis, paralysis, PTSD, multiple surgeries, and other health issues. Once she recovered and secured full custody, she traveled with her kids and partnered again, only to face evacuation from the worst bushfires Australia has ever seen, got locked down on the Solomon Islands and hit by Cyclone Harold within a few months. After they re repatriated, Kylie had two more children, mm -hmm. took some time off and now lives on the beach in Australia where she writes, consults and manages their business and real estate. To say that she knows how to turn obstacles into opportunities is an understatement, but she also creates a life that you love in the process. Kylie, we're so glad that you're here. Thank you. That's love. a lot, huh? <laughs> it is a lot. It is a lot of obstacles. Um, I'm really curious when you think back to, you know, as a kid, um, when you thought about, you know, what, what do you want to do with your life or where you saw it going? Tell me a little bit about, you know, maybe what that dream was and, and how does it relate to where you are now? Hilariously, I was raised quite religiously. And so when I was a really little kid, I wanted to have 84 kids and like be a marine biologist living on an island. Um, and now <laughs> I have four children plus two stepchildren. And I do technically live on an island because Australia is. I am a writer and I spent a lot of my time in Vanuatu and the Solomon Islands. So in the South Pacific. Um, but yeah, no plans to have 84 children. Um, <laughs> a little bit much. Um, but yeah, I, I think that in many ways, my, um, my life has sort of gone along with kind of what I thought I would be as a little, little child. But yeah, it just took a long way to get there. Yeah. Tell, tell us a little bit about that long way. What was that like for you? Yeah, it's, it's been kind of interesting. I um, am actually a high school dropout because uh, my mother passed away from, from cancer when I was a teenager and there was a lot of issues. So I dropped out and then I went on to do hairdressing and I did a government job for a little while and I kind of just didn't like anything. And I got married very young. So I was, I was 19 and had my older two children young and continued sort of what I was doing but I knew I really didn't like it. So I actually started blogging at that point. And I set a goal to be a millionaire by the time I was 30. And that's what changed everything. Because through that, I ended up um, getting a book contract and speaking and I won awards and I got the courage to leave my abusive relationship, which set me on the path of numerous other obstacles, like with the homelessness and um, all of that. But it was because of that, I was able to move on. And then because I had a bit of a public presence, I was able to use it to do the fundraising for the charities and speak at events and, and those sorts of things. And yeah, it kind of just, everything flowed from that point. Like once I set a goal and made a decision and started working towards that, it, I, my confidence increased and everything sort of came together. It's, it's been a roller coaster, like up and down, obviously, um, especially the last 10 years, like my bio includes mostly just the last, um, last few, but uh, yeah, just sort of trying to maintain that focus and having a core reason why, which was creating a better life for my kids, made decisions and things a lot easier and made those obstacles easier. 
So a lot of people face obstacles, all sorts of obstacles throughout their lives, right? And um, and not everybody thrives. What do you think sets you apart from those who may not have found the way to thrive yet? I would say uh, there's a couple of things. Firstly, I haven't always thrived. There was many times where I was like sobbing on the bathroom floor. Um, one thing was getting professional help. So I do think like when you're facing obstacles, it doesn't matter what sort of obstacle it is. We can't really go through it alone. So having, you know, like a psychologist or counselor or some sort of therapist can be really beneficial if you get the right one. Having personal mantras was a big thing. So there was one quote, which is, I am not what happened to me. I am what I choose to become by Carl Jung. And it was like, I just would say that on repeat because what I was living, I just, I couldn't have that be my life. Like that had to be what happened, not my future. And so that was the one that I often said on repeat and I had it um, made into a bracelet so that I had it always. Um, my kids, I guess I've, was raised very family focused. And so uh, having my kids definitely propelled me forward because I wanted better for them. And I wanted to make sure that even though we'd faced all these obstacles together, that they weren't gonna be, um, I guess, broken by it or have it impact their, their life. And so kind of focusing on that a lot helped. Uh, also, I have amazing family, like my siblings are extremely supportive. And I think that's a huge difference. Most people don't have, uh, strong connections in their families from what I see and hear about these days. So um, having that, but also creating my own little community in the sense that I've got friends all over the world who I know I can message or call at any time and they're like, they'll be there to support me. Um, so I think that's, that's something that we tend to neglect as well. Like our general relationships, um, friendships and community. We all like as humans, we used to live in quite a village and you know they're saying it takes a village to raise a kid and that sort of thing but that sort of seems to have um separated a lot and we don't have that as much and so focusing on creating that for myself and my kids I think made a big difference in being able to face a lot of these obstacles for sure yeah I love that you know when you take control right even your mantra was about it's not it's not about what what's going on behind me it's yeah. about what do I have control in front of me and what do I not just where do I want to go, but that I'm driving, I'm driving the bus to get there. Yeah, absolutely. Like I think when we're in the thick of it and we're really struggling, that's the thing. We're focusing all, all these things outside of our control um, and often the emotions behind it. And um, it can really bring you down and keep you quite stuck. And I know like I've, I've been there, particularly with my last two pregnancies, I had um, pretty bad postnatal depression, postpartum depression and um, some other health issues with my heart and things like that. And I know through that time, it was really difficult to see forward. It was kind of just, my life is stuck, is how it felt. And um, once I realized that, well, actually I can't control, you know, my heart, I can't control passing out and that sort of thing, but I can control, you know, what I'm eating and what I'm doing that impacts it. And, um, you know, once I've given birth then obviously I can control my health after because it was heart issues due to pregnancy and things like that. And so focusing on what I could control uh, made a huge difference. Absolutely. It's funny, Louise, this is, it actually re reminds me of a conversation we were having earlier about how do you care for your present self and your future self? And like at the same time, how do you hold space for both that present self and that future self. And so I'm hearing in when these, when you faced each obstacle, 
right? It's yes, sobbing on the floor, 100%, totally understandable. And how do I care for myself in this moment? And what will that lead to in terms of caring for who I am going to be in the future? Absolutely. Absolutely. And I, I think too, with part of it, if you can have a really clear visual um, that you can sort of draw on in your mind in those times, it can help a lot. Uh, so for example, my custody battle took seven and a half years. There was two protection orders during that time. There was one point where we actually waited two years for a court date. It was just that backed up here. And there was so much evidence as to why I should have full custody, but you know, it was a mess. But during that time, after um, I went on a trip to the Solomon Islands, uh, I, when, when I was there on my own for work, I saw this place where all the kids were playing and stuff. And I could very vividly see my kids and I there with me with full custody, us there and having a great time and all this sort of stuff. And so as court went on for like almost another year after that, that was the visual that I kept bringing back up was that's what we're going to have happen. That's what we're going to have happen. And hilariously, we did go to the Solomon Islands, but then we got locked down. Um, so it didn't go exactly how I visualized, but you know, it, um, it did help. <laughs> so a yeah, having that... careful what you wish for. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, on the upside, we got locked down and there was no cases there. So we were, we were going to weddings. We were hanging out at the beach whilst, you know, the rest of the world was fighting over toilet paper. Yeah. So yeah, it worked out well. I'm okay with that part. <laughs> yeah. If you have to be locked down somewhere, it's not a bad place to be locked down. Exactly. Exactly. Absolutely. Yeah, there's there's that that power in that story too to say like is to not be too attached to the how, right? Yes. To be to have that vision of where you want to go, what you want to be doing, why it's important to you, and and to craft that vision. And we just never know the how. We we have really the least amount of control over the how, because that's all influenced by the world around us. Um, but all of those other things, right? It, it came it came to be. Um, but you just detach from the, the how a little bit is, I don't know quite how it was going to work out, but here you are. Uh, and and there you are. yeah, that's it. And I, I think with that, that's yeah, definitely one of the areas that people struggle a lot with is, um, that they want to know the how, or they want to have a very definite plan of what to do and how to make it happen and have sort of more control over the how. And yeah, when you let that go, it can be amazing what happens and how much better your life can actually be than what you're picturing or what you're wanting to do or what you're trying to control. Yeah. And um, I've seen that so often and I can see that when I'm trying to control the how, I am way more stressed. And um, I've actually noticed even with my finances, like they'll shrink. Mm -hmm. um, whereas when I let go of the how, like money just flows and opportunities flow and everything's so much easier but yeah when I'm trying to control it all and um like the how part of it um yeah it just I mess everything up so yeah <laughs> letting it go and just trusting like I know where I want to get I've got some ideas of what to do for that I'll do my part and yeah be open to opportunities and open-minded and that sort of thing and it yeah it definitely flows much better well we think we're shortcutting by asking how we want to get yeah. to the how, because the how the how gives us the answer. The how gets us moving forward. The sure. how gets us, and yet the how is actually the thing that trips us up. And this year, 2023, I I said, I'm not going to ask the question how. Yep. And so I focus on every other question that's possible for myself, awesome. for my clients, because 
the how is not, it, it's never the answer. Like you just yeah. said, it's, you lose control when you're trying to hold on to control. When you, okay. when you let go of it, that's when the magic, and I'm going to call it magic, does truly happen, right? That's when opportunities can come to you. I was talking to a client earlier this evening and it was fascinating because she was talking about dozens of opportunities coming her way. And she was feeling the overwhelm of all of these opportunities. And I, I said, and she kept saying, but how, how do I choose? How do I move forward? How do I? And I said, why is that the question you're stuck on? What other questions can you be asking yourself so that you can be open to this? She started asking new questions and she started to have realizations of what it was that she actually wanted to say yes to and, and all the others could be let go of. That's yeah. fantastic. It's such a good example. It really is. Yeah. I think too often we just ask how and ask other people how, like, how is that going to happen? How is that possible? How, how, how? And it's just like, that's, it's really not the right question. How did like, you do you this? Know, exactly. Ask better questions, you get better answers. So. Absolutely. So as you have kind of crafted and recrafted and developed and redeveloped yourself over mm -hmm. the years, what are some of the, the things that you have? I know you talked about, right, having that clear visual and that mantra, but what are some of the other tools that you've used that have allowed you to continue crafting things on your terms? I think even though we've just said no to house, um, having <laughs> routines and um, specific habits have definitely helped in that sort of thing. So in the morning, for example, I know that I function much better for the rest of the day if I've had water first, I've taken my vitamins, I've gotten some sun first thing, you know, worked out, like exercise every day is a big part of um, me being able to function, I've noticed, and things like um, tapping, you know, emotional freedom technique, um, that sort of thing meditation, uh, yoga. Uh, I particularly, especially when I've gone some of the really traumatic times, did yoga for trauma. So for like for healing and that sort of thing. And so I crafted my exercise and sort of everything in my life towards healing myself and, and that sort of thing. I think all of that has helped a lot along with um, certain podcasts and books and just constantly trying to learn and improve myself and not just read the thing or listen to the thing, but actually pay attention to it, like actively read and do the exercises in the book. And when I'm listening to a podcast, actively write down, you know, oh, they've suggested doing this or here's the website for more information, whatever, and then going and doing those things so that it's, it's actually being done rather than, I think we often go, yeah, I read that book. But if you haven't actually applied it, then it's pointless. Um, yeah, so I think a lot of that sort of stuff. But in terms of... Um, career and money it's also been like networking and being open to opportunities so um focusing on for example what would make me the more money and make me more connections rather than um like I was running a social media company and I didn't really do much social media for my own stuff because that wasn't where there was a whole lot of money for me it was more speaking at events and doing the social media for other people and marketing strategies and that that was much more effective and the speaking was a more effective marketing method than the social media was for me at the time even though I was doing social media like that was my <laughs> thing do you know what I mean and so looking looking at everything that I was doing and going what's giving me the most bang for my buck basically and focusing my time and energy on that um, especially with all the obstacles that I was facing my time was often very limited 
as was my energy and just my mental capacity. Um, some days I would be lucky to get an hour, um, especially when my kids were really, really struggling with everything. Uh, so yeah, knowing exactly what to do for that hour to improve my life or my career or whatever it was and honing in on that and making sure it happens. With that knowing exactly, right? It sounds like it wasn't, so we were talking about the how, but I think yeah. it, it, the how was not a, this is the prescribed method for which I need to move forward. So no. what, what was that thing that let you know, this is going to be, give me the biggest bang for my buck? Doing a lot of analysis. So when it came to, for well, analysis both on business and myself. Mm -hmm. So for example, some days that one hour could be best spent on me. So it might've been that um, that day, the only thing I had energy for was my psychology session, whatever my kids needed. But that one hour in the psychology session, <clears throat> excuse me, sorry, was essential for my mental health and moving forward. Uh, some days, like having reviewed the business, for example, and what was essential for me to do versus what I could outsource, I sometimes would look at it and go, okay, I've only got an hour today. I will outline everything that I can outsource and pass it off to everybody else so that everything runs smoothly, um, things like that. And so just yeah, doing a constant analysis and seeing what's working, um, you're reviewing all your statistics so that you know where your money's coming in, what's happening, where you're getting traffic, where you're getting clients, um, what's having the biggest effect on your bottom line, and then honing in on that in that time that I've got available and outsourcing everything else so that when I only have that time available, it's the things that only I can do is what I'm doing. Yep. Yeah, I love that because you're talking about data. Um, yes. I love data, right? It, it goes back. It does evidence. We could call it evidence too, right, Kim? It's um, okay. but it, it really is. It really is. But you know, Kylie, even when you were talking about like what the, those things that you were you were finding really energizing and grounding, right? Knowing that it's water and vitamins and sunshine, and knowing that it's tapping and yoga, like that all comes with experimentation. That's all comes with I'm gonna try this. I'm gonna see how it feels. Uh, what response my body has. And then I'm going to pick up what is working and leave the rest behind. And then I'm going to keep trying and I'm going to keep designing it the next experiment. And I'm going to keep adding to my routine and adding to those things that are, that are making me feel really good and strong and grounded. Um, and that's the same in business. And that's the same in our careers is that understanding, right, where you're moving the needle and your health, in your business, in your career, it is about trying something, evaluating it and seeing, okay, how is that working for me? I said, how? What's working for me? How is that working for me? And then what, what's not working? Um, Kim and I, we spend so much time reflecting um, on those kinds of things, um, really digging into, like you said, the analysis around, um, yeah, I've got, I got better than expected results from this. Like, that's really cool. Let's do that again. Um, I spent a lot of energy here and my return on energy investment wasn't exactly what I was looking for. So I just love that whole, like really diving into that experimentation and knowing that an experiment falls flat if we don't get the data from it. 
Yes. Yeah, absolutely. And I think um, with that, yeah, like making sure it's all being tracked. So I kept journals the whole way along and I would actually keep notes of, you know, I med- meditation for 10 minutes or I did yoga for 30 minutes and what exactly what type of yoga and what, you know, mm-hmm. tapping I said or did, like what the focus was for each little thing so that, yeah, I could refer back to it later and go, you know what? And at the end of the day too, I'd make notes of how I felt, how the day went, what I achieved. Um yeah, and why I thought I felt that way or why I thought I achieved that sort of thing and included all of that along with some gratitude. I I forgot to mention that earlier, but like, yeah, being focused on what I'm grateful for helps. But yeah, that having those journals and having that data to refer to when I was really struggling in my pregnancies made a world of difference because all of a sudden I realized like um, I was having some really bad days and I'm like, I should just look back at my journals. Like I can see exactly what worked for me, why it worked and what I need to do to sort of get back on track. And I mean, most of it I knew, like when I flicked back through, I'm like, duh, like this is also obvious. <laughs> You've done this for years. Why did you stop doing it type thing? And so, yeah, that was that having it there. If I hadn't taken those notes and hadn't been really specific about it and I had um, some Google Docs with specifics as well when I really honed in on things, if I didn't have that, then I probably would have remained lost for a lot longer than what I was and I wouldn't have been able to regain my health, my mental health, my physical health and even like my business probably would have been lost completely because I just wasn't coping in that time. Yeah, yeah absolutely. It's so funny because I have this love-hate relationship with tracking. Um, I, 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 it feels very restrictive. It does. I don't love that part of it. It's the and rebel. Yeah. It says the rebel. Yes. And, and I know the benefit of all that evidence, right. That gives me evidence that I actually do know how to work a situation and it, or gives me the evidence of, oh, this is something brand new. What is the information that's, that is salient? I know when in my pregnancy, I would constantly go to the doctor and I would be like, so here are the 18 different things. And I see this through line and what, and she was like, there's no way they're connected. I'm like, I know they are. So don't tell me they're not like we know. And so it yeah. gives you that ability to, whether it's in your career, in your business, in, you know, it, with a doctor, it gives you that ability to advocate for yourself as well. And to say, no, I do know I can see Absolutely. it. It's right here. Absolutely. Yeah, that's actually something we've been through recently with my um, older kids and that sort of thing too. We were getting quite dismissed. And in my pregnancies, I was dismissed. And I kept saying to them, like my heart rate is going right up and I am passing out. Mm -hmm. And they wouldn't believe me. And we had it documented as to like when it happened, like my kids had kept records as well. And it even happened at the school at one of their graduations. Like I stood up and the teachers all freaked out because I immediately like fell backwards in that and they just wouldn't listen to me but even with all this data until it happened in the hospital and they're like can you do you feel that like your heart rate is way way too I'm like I will I will black out very soon and um yeah it took that but then after that point combined with what we had um already collected they knew exactly what tests to run straight away and what to do and that sort of thing whereas if we'd been really you know oh I don't know maybe I passed out a couple of times type thing they wouldn't have really known where to start. And then they found that there was a hole in my heart and a heart murmur and stuff. And it was being, yeah, it was the pregnancy that was pushing it. But yeah, that wouldn't have been discovered. And yeah, could have gone a lot worse during labor and stuff like that as well, if that hadn't been done. Yeah. And so I, yeah, I'm very much keep track of everything, especially when it comes to your health. (laughs) Absolutely. Yeah. And as a former attorney, right. If you are, if, if anything is feeling crunchy in your life, write it down. 
yes. document it somewhere. Yeah. Somebody needs that information at some point, probably you or a yeah. loved one. So write it down. Right. Actually, that's what my, um, when I was leaving my abusive ex, that's what my stepmother said to me. She goes, document everything. She goes, the time, the location, what was said, who was there, get any witness statements you can, like all of this sort of stuff. And in my head, I was thinking, good grief, you're being over the top. And I was like, all right. And so set up an Excel spreadsheet. Then when um, we're going through court and things get getting pushed forward and higher up and this sort of thing, um, they've actually changed the process because of my case. I've been told that's how bad mine went. But when I had it all there and they finally subpoenaed everything from all the different states we'd lived in that, every single thing I had documented was backed by a piece of evidence from child protection or the police or teachers or psychologists or whatever, like the exact dates, times, locations, what I said in there, there was pieces of evidence from other professionals going, yep, that's what happened. And the lawyers and the like, um, judge, everybody was just like, we have never seen this like to this level they're like there is nothing that you wrote that didn't have a piece of evidence to prove that that's what happened like everything that you've said so when they were um doing the final arrangements it was basically like you can have everything you want because clearly you've been telling the truth the whole time and he was playing games um yeah so it, it ended up very well in my favor like um when I when I got the the final orders my barrister was like that's awesome like I really didn't think the judge would give us all of that like we got the perfect wording for this that and the other it's just like you've you've aced that and it was because of the record keeping so yeah definitely for anything in your life document <laughs> well and you know going through that so I, I um, worked in domestic violence as an attorney and you know mm -hmm. very well that during that time how hard it is to even attempt to document all of that because of the emotional state because of the physical fear because like all of that that you're going through and, and the fact that our systems are still placed in, are in this place of still putting the onus yeah. on, on the individuals who are looking for help, who are looking for support. Yep. It's just, yeah. Oh, it's I'm, I promise Louise, I won't go down that rabbit hole. <laughs> I, I am grateful that like, I've seen a lot of change. I've had so many people reach out to me that because of my case and because of things that I've written online, they were successful in theirs or theirs was much quicker or the courts actually referenced mine and was like, you can't put that on her. That's not fair. Um, so yeah, whilst it was, it was very difficult. I have seen a lot of change here in Australia. I can't speak for other countries, um, but in terms of domestic violence specifically, not enough change, but some change so that if I went through this process again, it would not be anywhere near as hard as what it was when I went through it. So from what I understand, yeah. you are light years ahead of most of the rest of the world. So. Okay, it doesn't feel like that, but thank you. I know it doesn't. <laughs> and it's, yeah. It, yeah. We've, we've been doing a lot of work. I, I myself and quite a few others around the same time, we're really pushing a lot and speaking in parliament and all that sort of thing. But it, again, like a lot of that relied on people who had been through stuff to speak publicly about it. So basically re-traumatize yourself if you didn't have, you know, professional help or know exactly what you were, wanted to speak or present with or, or whatever. Um, yeah. And then, it shouldn't rely on people having to to do that to share such personal experiences to get change like it's pretty basic domestic violence is wrong and it's horrific to go through and put a stop to it it's not that hard it's not that hard no apparently it no. is no it's not that hard um so what are our golden nuggets what are our takeaways from today's conversation well i would say focus on what you can control um I didn't cover it a whole lot, but have an attitude of gratitude. Um, with that, find a personal mantra and ask questions like other than how. 
just focus on what it is that you want, the, visualize the end result and yeah, work towards that rather than focusing on how everything will happen or fall into place. Yeah. Kelly, you reminded me about with the mantra and like how um, uh, pivotal it can be, like how, how just by repeatedly saying the same thing over and over again, right? Our body chemistry changes, uh, how we're showing up in the world, like all of those things, just by finding something that resonates with um, what you want uh, to be in the world. Um, thank you for that reminder. I, it, it, it was something I used to do a lot of and, and it, it's kind of slipped through the cracks. So really appreciate that because it is so powerful. Yeah. Thank you. I would like to actually add a little bit on it. I did have a few different ones, but I have found that, yeah, the I am da, 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 is so much more powerful than just having a specific quote or something like that. And so, because that becomes, it becomes your identity, your identify with I am X, Y, Z. And it goes in reverse. Like when we're really upset, it's like, you know, I am worthless. I am fat. I am ugly. Right. That's what we'll identify with. So if you have something more powerful, like, you know, I am beautiful. I am strong. I am that. Yeah. It, it really, you become that identity. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. This is all resonating with the card that I pulled actually for a client earlier today. Um, so it says, I don't know if you can read it. It says the story I tell is the basis of my life. That's true. So that, that is, and it's interesting because I pulled it for a client and yet it is so resonant so of, of my takeaway from this conversation today is continuing to understand what our story is and what we want it to be. And we get to write that. It's not Absolutely. up to anybody else. Yeah. Yeah. So Kylie, where can people find you in the world if they want to learn more about you? Sure. I'm mainly at kyliatravis.com.au or on all social channels. It's Kylie Travis, AUS, AUS for Australia um, sort of thing. So I do all my socials and all of that. So if you're jumping on, you'll be talking to me. And on the website, I've got a bunch of freebies with like my um, success routines and confidence lists and, and those sorts of things as well to help people oh, sort of wow. through these trials. Yeah. It's only just started. So Yeah. Beautiful. All there. Beautiful. Thank and I love you. you're doing your socials now. Like you weren't doing. Yes. <laughs> no, I, I took time off completely and injuring my pregnancy did nothing, but yes, I'm there now and I'm active, even though I just said before, I'm not, I'm there. <laughs> love that. I love that. Um, well definitely check. Everybody needs to check her out because, um, I've been poking around a bit and I will say it is very, very inspiring stuff that you're doing oh. in the world. So thank you for thank sharing you. yourself with the world and yourself with us today. We really, really appreciate it. Um, thank you for having me. Oh my goodness. Of course. And, and thank you for working out the, the time zone thingy. Um, <laughs> Louise, who do we have next week? Um, I believe Heidi is joining us. Heidi's actually been a, a listener on, on a lot of our lives, um, commenting and hopping in. Um, so now we get to have Heidi uh, in the hot seat and not just in the audience. And she's going to be talking about uh, something about butterflies, working through them or enjoying them, or there's butterflies involved. Working <laughs> through the butterflies, like the nervousness. Yeah. There you go. Oh, yes. Um, so I can't wait to have Heidi uh, on, uh, on the show. So looking forward to that. Uh, Kylie, thank you so much uh, for your time and for your energy and your light and sharing it in the world. Uh, I really appreciate it. 
Um, and I appreciate you. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate you too. Thank you so much. All right, everyone. See you later. You. Take See care. You. Bye for now. Bye.